people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. They come off the back and onto the side of the course, up past the 600 metre mark. Dream I can, got a beautiful saloon run right up here to go to the lead. Takes over as they come to the corner, Bold Kingston, and they were followed by French Fizz. Dream I can straightened up a couple of lengths in front. In second placing, Bold Kingston trying to whack away, then French Fizz and Manhattan Zip. It's Dream I Can halfway down the straight here. Well clear though, starts to get away. And Dream I Can in front. Dream I Can racing clear. Dream I Can for Emily Cass first. Second will be Bold Kingston. Third will be French Fizz. And Manhattan Zip the last one home. Number one. Dream I Can is first. As Bluey Forsyth said in the call there, courtesy of On The Bed Racing Australia, that was Gordon Vale with the open 1100 metre on a Saturday. Emily Cass first on the Fred Whelan train. Dream I Can. And bring up a double for Emily and Fred, who also won the first race on the program as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab. Rounding up all of the country news from the weekend that was. We lost one down on the weekend due to the wet. There's been plenty of other wet weather news that's been going on this week. And as we often say, it's always nice to see the wet weather around. We do get a little greedy when it affects our race meetings but at the same time we know it's a long time between drinks so it's lovely to be able to see some widespread wet weather out and about. News coming up on the show this morning out of the Springshaw St Patrick's Day meeting on Saturday where Dan McGilvery was king of the uh, the saddle with a treble there. We'll also talk about what happened at Longreach and Cloncurry on the weekend with doubles in the saddle to Alicia Ross, Rick McBarn and Keith Ballard respectively. As always helping us out with the news is Rob Luck. Good morning Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. And talking of wet weather, it was lovely to record 30-plus mills out here in Longreach in different parts of the town. It's amazing in a town our size, Tony, that one street can have 20 mills, the official bureau can have 39, and the stables can have 30. That's how uh, non-widespread the rain is, but it's so lovely to see the rain in our area. I have seen it happen where you're literally in the wet on one side of the street, <laughs> cross the road, and it can be almost bone dry. It just hasn't got to the other side of the road. Yes, we've uh, we've had that occurrence here in the main street a few times in Longreach, but we just love the thought of rain, and we were lucky to escape uh, with a race meeting on the weekend, which we'll talk about later with uh, the rain threatening the week before, and the same with Springshaw when we come to Tony McMahon, the same thing there. But that great Gordon Vale uh, call coming up from uh, Bluey Forsyth, and this dream I can, Tony, you'd like to be the owner of this horse because he's had 53 starts, the dream ahead gelding, now had seven wins and 20 minor placings, so basically around that 50% record of being in the prize money, uh, one in every two starts, and a big training effort from Freddie Whelan there, uh, first up since November, and uh, I did see the replay of that on the uh, on the Bit Racing Australia, and uh, what a saloon run Emily Cass did get to be too strong for Bowl Kingston. The race was over as they straightened with the Dream I Can. Way too good at that first up run since November. And as you said, at the onset, Emily uh, <coughs> commenced the program with Fred. With the next Scott Morrissey runner in uh, Ari Zamora. This is a love conquers all, as the name might suggest, with the word Amor in there. Second run for the stable, the three-year-old Gelding. First win in six starts with unplaced runs around it. Defeated D. Kath and Craigley Rafferty, ever consistent into third place. Um... It was the girls' turn again when Kristen Swaffer combined with her master Trevor Rowe on Sunny Cowboy. I think it's a stable favourite, as we've heard Peter Rowe mention in previous reports. The four-year-old by Collate. Here's another one. First up since the end of January. So these horses coming back from breaks and doing oh so well. And it was a close finish over Amelia's Rainbow and Il Principe. 
Principe into third place for Bonnie Thompson. In fact, this is one of the few meetings I've reported on recently where Bonnie hasn't ridden a winner. Uh, and it wasn't the case also in the benchmark 60, where supposedly wicked for Shalee de Villiers um, won at Mariba last week, this horse by Wicked Style, and got up by a half length for Masayuki Abe over Vienna Spirit and Van Gaal. And the final race on the program saw the Stefan Jockic Galloper M. Schelke. Stephen Wilson on board the El Maher, first up since December. So these horses all resuming well. Defeated Cousin Muscles, uh, that's had some winning form of late and sweet taste. So I think there's some form. And Tony, I, I think out of that race meeting, the important thing is good to see the five races with the 25 acceptances. Uh, and uh, as you pointed out uh, off air to me at one time, I think that comes about, doesn't it, when we look at the Cairns program that occurred on the Friday where you've got uh, a huge number of races occurring, seven in fact, made it a little bit difficult for Gordon Vale on the weekend. Mm, very much so. I know there was uh, one of those uh, programming situations where Cluden Park Townsville needed some remedial work, so the uh, the North Queensland meeting was shifted on Friday from Townsville to Cairns. Uh, Cairns Jockey Club card had seven races and 64 starters, and it was always going to affect then Gordon Vale. But as we've often said, Gordon Vale, it looked fantastic on the vision we saw on, mm. on the Bit Racing Australia. The, the grass track is just looking sensational. There. I'd love to see Gordon Vale with a lot more meetings and I, I think that it's even an opportunity to be able to look at something like an early part of the week for a tab program on something like a Monday or a Tuesday or something like that. I know it's it's difficult to try and get those kind of things up and running. Uh, traditionally, participants usually race off towards the weekends, but I think that might be the sort of direction we've got ahead with these, car, these kind of cards. Yeah, both Gordon Vale and Innisfail both come up tremendously well when you see the vision in Gordon Vale with that mountain drop background uh, there. And, uh, yes, and, and Cairns, it, it's it's not a case of poor programming from Racing Queensland. As I was saying, it's great that they allowed two races with four acceptances to go ahead and that common sense prevailing because that Cairns meeting, uh, just very quickly, provincial meeting there, and you saw Chris Whiteley get up with a, uh, a double. He had a winner with uh, Trigger for Elwyn Bailey and uh, Journey of Song for Stephen Massingham. But the interesting thing, uh, when you looked at the meeting, from that race on, Journey of um, Song, it commenced the Headley Ownership Group uh, run of success because they also had Rigel for Stephen Massingham and Justin Stanley and then done a ton for Stephen Massingham and Nathan Day uh, get three wins in a row. The other winners, Emily Caswell, she finished the day at Cairns, went to Gordonvale for a double. She had a winner at Cairns in the last with Clout for Scott Cooper. And also a very good filly for Benny Williams and Sue Hammer, the owner, uh, Graham Cleesey on board, which Lily, another strong win for this uh, three-year-old filly. And uh, she's going places and started odds on favourite for the win. And, and Georgie Holt also got the cutest money. Uh, great to see Georgie was at the uh, cutest sales. Anna Mariah uh, continued in winning form with a all-the-way win for Ashley Butler and the cutest money going off all the way down to the uh, third placings there. So those two meetings... Uh, uh, out of the way on Friday, Saturday. And uh, as I mentioned, Georgie Holt being at the sales, well, there was someone else that was at the sales that we'll have a quick update on. I was saving this till we do the Springshaw report because I've never seen Tony McMahon so excited to be bidding on a horse. And I think it had a lot to do, Tony, with the ability to name something out of Spill the Beans from the Catholic Girl. Good morning to you, <laughs> Tony McMahon. And congratulations uh, on your purchase. Yeah, thank you very much. Looking forward to it. She's a, a magnificent filly. And uh, Gina's already uh, working on a name. Uh, the stable name for this filly is going to be uh, Peggy because uh, I had an auntie who was a, a nun and she was Sister Mary Margaret and her name was Peggy. So uh, we have Peggy up here now. So I feel we're going to be blessed with lots of good fortune with uh, this filly. It was a great sales. Very 
Sorry, Bob. As long as we don't break into song with Peggy Sue or something, uh, you might be able to do that when it goes across the line. But as I was saying, uh, Tony, I, I happened to look around because you'd missed one. You were keen on a previous one. You're in a bidding duel, and I believe it might have been with a, another Rockhampton participant. But I looked around and saw you studying this catalogue when this filly came in, and she was certainly a beautiful filly. And I've never seen someone enjoy bidding so much as you did in that particular battle. Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun. I, I love going over there, sales, and I... If people in life, you've got alcoholics, you've got drugaholics, and you've got uh, sailaholics, and I'm a sailaholic. I, I can't help myself. No, it was magic. Just very briefly, 42 yearlings are coming back to Rockhampton. That's, un- that's staggering. And the uh, buyers from here spent $1.15 million. And uh, I know a lot of them uh, just couldn't get horses, and that augurs really well for the Capricorn yearling sales on the 11th of, uh, on the 11th of April because uh, a lot of the people didn't fill their bags. And I spoke to a lot of southern owners and trainers, and they're coming up to Rocky. And it's a fabulous sale, this Rocky sale. They've got horses by Heroic Bella. Wasn't it? Sensation Rob selling for 43 is average. It was fantastic. Uh, the Better Than Readies, we've got talks by Under the Lube and Power. So that Rocky sale is going to be a ripper, and that's on the 11th of April. But no, fantastic sale of the Magic Millions. It's just staggering to think uh, 42 yearlings coming to Rockhampton. So, you know, racing here. It was it was absolutely brilliant, Tony. And just a quick wrap-up while I've got you there. I haven't got my figures directly in front of me, but that average came down slightly for the uh, from the $47,000 average to about forty-four or forty-five, and the medium was very high. And I think the regional area, Rockhampton, was probably the only one that was able to score pretty well with that uh, because a lot of country buyers uh, missed out. I know on the first day, extremely hard to get a uh, as a result. And you mentioned Heroic Valor um, in the Rockhampton sale. Uh, he's got an interesting one out of English Summer, which I know is a half-brother to Rocket the Glory. Yeah, I, I thought you'd be looking at that. And he's got the <laughs> one a great family up here who produced uh, Kayana and uh, Bell that won uh, the Capricorn Classics. Now, Battle Nolan's got a fabulous catalogue up here of these Heroic Valors and, uh, and the better than ready, as I say. It's, it's, I've been here for uh, 33 years. The sale's been going 25. And this isn't spin. This is the best Capricorn kneeling sale ever. And I am sure there's a great opportunity, not only for the country buyers, the southern buyers, but North Queensland buyers. They should be getting down here to Rockhampton for this sale because I tell you what, they've got to get into uh, got, get, got to get into some good yearlings because the Rocky boys are going to have a massive lot of fun up around Townsville and Cairns next year with the two-year-olds. And the online bidding is also available too at this particular sale, so you can register to do that. But uh, you had a great day out at Springshaw. I know you love this St Patrick's Race Day meeting out at Springshaw where Norma King, Anna Bacos and Craig Smith had doubles and Dan McGilvray a treble. Uh, but it was great to see the reporting coming through in your post-race interviews as well, Tony. Yeah, thanks very much for that, Rob. I really enjoyed it. They're lovely people out at Springshaw. And uh, on the Country Punters, we did some interviews and it went over very well. I love going there. It's a massive track. It's, it's, I reckon it's probably the biggest uh, country racetrack in Queensland. It's bigger than Rockhampton. Uh, unfortunately, they did have rain and they had to a lot of filling in and it made it uh, very hard to win if you're drawn the inside all the winners came down the outside but it was safe racing it was great racing uh norma king who was resident trainer for some time got two winners she got the first one in the um the horse called the last dragon written by anna baker and as a, a 28 year old uh, apprentice she's a senior apprentice as far as age goes she's written something like 36 winners now lovely lady to speak to and she rode this horse very well it won from uh, Montana, Philpott's Mount. Lovely to see Montana riding, of course, the daughter of uh, Gus Philpott. And uh, Montana rode two winners at Bundaberg recently, as you will be aware of. And she ran second on Moss Maid in that particular race. Then we went to the um, the next one on the card, which was the Maiden, uh, Central Maiden. It was the cutest race. One by Satan No More, 
friend by Clinton Taylor. The first of Dan McGilbray's uh, races. I couldn't write winning rides. I couldn't help myself being an old steward. He dropped his hands about 150 metres from the race finish. And I think he got a shock of his life when Chris McGuire ballooned up on uh, Nick Sicko. And uh, Dan acknowledged that. He's a, he's a great boy, uh, very mature. And I, I'll tell you what, he won't be dropping his hands again. But St. No More won well at the horse by St. Thomas. And uh, that was one of two winners for the day for Clinton Taylor. He also won a race with Mackay with Nala Nan. We went then to the next on the card, the BM60 Handicap, once again. Uh, Dan McGilvey riding for his master, Craig Smith, a horse called At Yap, a horse by Lon Rose, Mazuta Choice, man, so beautifully bred. It's being uh, set for the $25,000 Country Cup at uh, Rockhampton out of this huge carnival on the 9th of uh, April. That carnival, the two days of racing, lobster got something like $473,000 in price, mate. It's unreal if you can get it. And uh, I know Craig Smith's taking a team there. Looking for the fourth at uh, Springshaw, the BM55 handicap 1100. Yelangi won this, a Mossman, ridden by uh, Anna Bakos, giving her a double. Norma Kitchener, more wins in store for it, one by four lengths, absolutely bolted. And the bracelets, always a great race of bracelets, time honoured race. They get a, the winning only gets the magnificent uh, bracelet. And certainly that was the case this year. It was over 1100. A good story here. He's home was the winner. Now trained by Craig Smith, being its first start for a long, long time, ridden by Dan McGilvray, giving him three for the day. Now, this horse came through the Capricorn Yearling Sale. It was the first of the better than ready. Would you believe they acquired it for $6,000? I think it's won about 131000 each home. And uh, all going live, they're going to race at Roma on Saturday and then head up to Rockhampton for the uh, three- and four-year-old classic $85,000 race at that April Carnival. The second horse, I know a little bit about that race, 10 gold Polo. Out of a mare called Cindy Cake, who uh, brings so fond memories to me. But all in all, fantastic day out there. They had a very big crowd at Springshaw, and it was really, uh, really good. And if I can just briefly please say, Rob, one of the highlights of my time down the Gold Coast this year was catching up uh, with a jockey called Dennis Hooper. I've lost track with Dennis for 33 years. On Facebook, I saw recently his daughter, Martina Hooper, uh, something to say, contacted Martina, and out of the sales came Dennis. He was a lovely gentleman. He got back before the Gold Coast in the uh, in the late 80s. We had a lot of success. He won a horse. From, from, my first win on a horse called Pragmatic. He won a Doombin for me on Connie Deboo and Eagle Farm on Perryman. And it was great to catch up as one of the gentlemen of the turf, Dennis Hooper, down at the Gold Coast. That was uh, one of my highlights that uh, going down there this year, Rob. It's one of the great things about the sale as well, the social interaction, catching up with people you know voices or names too, but not the faces and uh, and old friends like that, Tony. And uh, as we said, uh, the strength of the sales continue and it'll move on to Rocky, as will that Springshaw form by the sound of it, a springboard into that Rockhampton Carnival, which uh, I know you'll be looking forward to. Certainly, yeah, Rob, and thank you very much once again for having me on the program. Good on you, Tony. Thank you for that. Tony McMahon checking in there with the news out of the Springshaw St. Patrick's Day program on the weekend. And, Rob, of course, that was the St. Patrick's Club. Uh, the Springshaw Jockey Club, however, don't have their cup meeting until the 18th of September this year, but a little day claimer for them that I uh, spotted on Facebook through the week. Uh, Springshaw Jockey Club are having their general meeting this coming Sunday at Springshaw Racecourse, commencing at 9am. And while we're checking in on dates and things, the calendar for the week ahead, uh, of course, we've lost Bow Desert today and Warwick on Friday. Uh, Warwick transferred to Tuesday of next week and Bow Desert will move to uh, April 1st off memory. Rockhampton race this Thursday and Cairns on Saturday with tab programs. They race at Emerald at Pioneer Park on Saturday, as do the S-Jockey Club. The Coast to the Country Series heads to Monto. That meeting will also feature the Ken and Gordon Russell Memorial that they hold every year. North Gregory Turf Club are racing at Winton. And Roma Picnic Race Club celebrating 101 years. I was reading the 
article in last month's uh, race magazine from Racing Queensland that they've got a big weekend set up for Roma this weekend with the uh, Black Tie Ball on the Friday night, the Calcutta Luncheon and Sponsors Lunch on uh, Saturday and then straight into all of the racing action and fashions on the field happening there on uh, on Saturday. So plenty happening there. And if you want some more information on that, you can check out romapicnicraces.com.au or get in touch with Lisa on 0427 258 368. 0427 258 368. Good luck to the Roma Picnic Race Club racing this coming Saturday. The winners, the people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. 400 metres to go and Galea Warrior niggled a little bit. Argento Perlo travels sweetly on the outside. Mr Tyndall and Capset. It's Galea Warrior at the 200 metres but here's the uh, Central West Galloper. Argento Perlo coming after him now. Galea Warrior in front. Argento Perlo's the big problem on the outside. Argento Perlo wins. Argento Perlo too good for Galea Warrior in the last stride. Then Mr Tyndall Capset last. Argento Argento Perlo, I think there was a little bit of a a, a, a bit of happiness in that voice uh, of the uh, the race caller there on the weekend. Rob Argento Perlo returning to the winners' circle for Keith Ballard and Mark Oates at Cloncurry on the weekend. Yeah, Tony, and as we welcome Andrew Watts or Wattsy as he's affectionately known, I've got to say there was one social media photograph. I think it's going to become a standout for country racing. Those two horses galloping down the straight with that massive storm building mm. and the lightning about to hit with uh, led to the abandonment of race five. It was a fantastic photo, Tony, but uh, we welcome Andrew Watts this morning and I know you aren't in the ownership group anymore uh, with Argento Perlo Wattsy, but uh, still plenty of excitement to see this good little mare by Doomsday, the seven-year-old, get up in that race. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, listeners. It was a it was a really uh, good little race for a four-horse race when uh, Snippy Strategic was scratched at the barrier and um, well, the two favourites paired off to fight it out. Galea Warrior got a little bit of a, a break on Argento Perlo uh, at, at the 150, but she ground ground him down to take the cash by just under a half a length. And, um, Rob, we know she's a, a super consistent mare. That's win 10. Uh, she's back for her fourth uh, season of racing, and I think she's in for a pretty good prep. Yeah, definitely. She's uh, <laughs> one win, one second out of two at the track, so she doesn't mind going up to Cloncurry. Well placed by Mark Oates, and, of course, Mark's got a bit of pre-training going into these horses before the season commenced, so they're pretty race fit. But the good thing, Andrew, too, is for the purchase price that was there for her, She's now won 97000 and that was a first-up win since November. So she's nearly cracked that 100000 mark, and you'd expect that to happen pretty quickly this campaign. Yeah, I think um, she's got a, uh, a good preparation mapped out. Actually, Mark Oates is looking uh, like having a very strong season this year as well. Um, uh, Alfiardo won mm. first up. Van Winkle was really good first up. Now Argento. Uh, as well, so yeah, uh, Oatsy uh, looking to have a good year. And you did mention that photo coming up the the uh, the straight there at Cloncurry. The picture didn't lie. That uh, that storm was coming in rapidly, and it was um, credit to Ray Smith and and the stewards uh, for pushing the races through. And uh, look, we were lucky enough to get four out of five. I've got to say, uh, looking at the other results, and race one was won by Crystal Helmet for Bob Burrow and Rick McMahon. There was a, a confident whisper around the track uh, before the race here about uh, this horse that had been galloping well. It was first up and uh, missed the kick a little bit, but uh, did was too good in the run to the line. McKellar's voice tried extremely hard for Stephen Royce and uh, Jason Hooper going down a length and a quarter, and then there was five and a half back to Red Red Rose 
in third. Misses was the first leg of a winning double for Keith Ballard. He obviously won with Argento Perlo later in the afternoon. But Misses were in the Clary Herman colours for Denise Ballard was too good in the run for the line over Nitro City, who uh, really did its best work late for Sean Royce and Jason Hooper. And uh, back her, uh, starting to find some of that Lord Derby winning form from Mount Isa, uh, come, running third in the race for Tanya Parry and Rick McMahon. The Andrew, old boy. With that, with that one, if I can just mention, uh, Miss Ziz, there's another sizzling that continues to do well out on these uh, country and grass provincial tracks. But interestingly, this one's out of a mare called Sky Bar. And the the sidestep filly at the sale was passed in for 20000 So if you haven't got yourself a yearling, maybe you could go through that catalogue and follow up. I know it was passed in, not sure if it's sold, but uh, Sizzling continued to win in great, uh, get winners in great form. Yeah, oh, fantastic five everywhere, but particularly in the bush. They seem to love the, the dirt, don't they? Mm. Uh, World of Pain won race three, the old boy. Um, he's back for another preparation, and, and gee whiz, he was impressive in the run of the line. That was win 14 with 20 minor placings at start 79 for this uh, 10-year-old gelding by Harada's son. Uh, one impressively, well, length of three quarters over Banksy's strike for Stephen Royce and... Jason Hoopert, Hoopert with a run of seconds there, and two of a kind for Justin Borden and Timmy Brummel in third. Talking about going well, Rick McMahon, that was the second leg of his winning double on the day. Um, Rick rode the first winner, Crystal Helmet. He's looking fit. Um, he's riding really, really well and just bolsters the, the quality of jockeys up there in the northwest. Uh, obviously, race five was abandoned. They're going to try and tack that on to their May meeting. Credit, though, to Luke Daniels and committee. Uh, fantastic meeting up there when the rain rolled in. There was about 800 trackside. Um, they've got a new fashions marquee up and running with a satellite bar and... Um, a real young community up there in Cloncari, and they love their racing. You mentioned, Watsy, about that uh, last race. I did see a note come through from Racing Queensland uh, that says that there's going to be an additional race uh, tacked onto the Winton program this coming Saturday. Uh, so after they lost that Class 6 plate at uh, Cloncurry on the weekend, the North Gregory Turf Club non-tab race meeting scheduled for Saturday will get that uh, additional race. Class 6 plate set weights 1,000 metres worth $7,450 and noms for that closing off very soon. That's going to keep me on my toes. Six races at Winton this weekend now. <laughs> uh, it's always an interesting meeting, Rob, the Winton meeting, isn't it? Because it's it's the real borderline between our, mm. our Central West and uh, North West regions. And I know you, uh, you you love staring our uh, race secretary here in uh, Longreach, <laughs> North West versus Central West, but it is, a, it is a bit of a rivalry that's starting to build again. Uh, there's always two two race meetings, Winton and Caulfield, the real Caulfield that bring the uh, the two areas together well, and that friendly banter will continue in 2021, Andrew. <laughs> oh, no doubt, no doubt at all. <laughs> Where are you off to next, Watsy, for your calling? Um, I'm going to break this week, Easter Monday at Augafella and then uh, down to Nirima on the border um, on the 10th of April. So a couple of good road trips coming up, but a couple of great uh, once-a-year meetings that I'll uh, be covering. Oh, excellent. Thank we'll you. look forward to uh, getting a report in on those. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Rob. Good morning, listeners. Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bush Beat. 
start to sweep down. 500 metres left to go. Wicked Wicky has a narrow lead over Drayman. Look at Zukaz moving into the race nicely on the outside. Boingo three lengths away. Chapelko back along the rails. Fab's Cowboy, he needs to drift to the centre of the track to have a chance. Zukaz goes up, but Drayman fights back. Wicked Wicky back along the rails, fighting hard. Drayman in the centre. Zukaz, Chapelko, Boingo down the outside. Great finish coming up. Down the outside, Fab's Cowboy over the top. Fab's Cowboy in a photo with Zukaz in the middle. Chapelko late, Boingo up there. Drayman fought on hard. Now this is a close photo with Fab's Cowboy rattling home down the outside. We'll leave it to the judge. We drift back in the field. So close was that photo, Rob, that there was less than a half a length between the uh, the top four place getters and Zukaz just nosing out Fab's Cowboy, Chapelco, Boingo and Drayman. Oh, it was one of the most exciting finishes I've seen and called here at Longreach, Tony, and thank goodness I went Zukaz, Fab... I didn't exactly do that, but in terms of the names, I came out with Zukaz, Fab's Cowboy and Chapelco and Boingo. And look, Drayman and Wicked Wicky, only three, just over three-quarter lengths back to Wicked Wicky. It was an amazing finish, and... As you heard, with Fab's Cowboy, look, coming into the straight, he was four to five lengths off them, and he was still a good three to four lengths off them when he was behind them in the dust. And then Dakota Graham just drifted him out. And it wasn't really until the last 75 that he really got his stride going, and he was finishing at the rate of knots. But Zook has... This is a very underrated sprinter, and you can see why it's won the... Uh, on the bit racing Queensland Country Sprinter Award. It ran fourth in the country stampede. It won two heats for that country stampede. And Boy Foster and Paul Randall. Good on you, Paul. He's been running so many seconds out here in this area and in the jockey premiership in the Central West. It's now put him, I think, into third place. But he rode a very heady race and he got Zukas to the front and strength at the finish to hold off Fab's Cowboy. We have a brand new tower and judges. Uh, calling uh, box etc here at Longreach and uh, I'm not exactly sure I'm dead in line with that photo finish anymore so it was very hard to determine whether Fabs had got there uh, but what a champion old racehorse he is but take nothing away from Zukas this I'm invincible, six year old, second up, he's had 16 wins from 52 with five minor placings so that was a, a battle royale all the way down the straight and Chapelko newcomer for Mark Oates, you heard what's he mentioned that Mark Oates team going well uh, this Galloper first up over probably a distance that's not its best. Uh, it rattled home into third. And Boingo also very impressive with even Drayman after sharing the lead with Wicked Wiki. Both of them fought on well. So you couldn't want for a better open plate. And that was the Anderson Harris bookmaking open plate over the 1,000 metres. So it was a, a, a ripper of a finish to... Uh, to celebrate the new stand in the day. Um, but the other races, as I said, the track played beautifully. The times were very good during the day. That open plate was 56.7. Uh, but the race before, actually, in the Watts Catering ratings band 0 to 50, the winner there ran a 56.44. A newcomer for Toddy Austin and the second leg of a double for Alicia Ross called Juxtaposed, a tycoon ruler from Mick Propel uh, from his stable. First start for Todd, first up since August. August, so it was race fit and it got up over an improved run by Music Award and Oliphants into third. So they ran a very good time, just slightly faster than the open handicap. I think you can watch this Tycoon Rilla uh, gelding improve throughout the campaign. 
In actual fact, that was the uh, second of Alicia Ross's double. She had the maiden winner on Old Town Road for Raymond Fraser, all the way up from Augustella. And this galloper had come off a second, uh, I think it was at Charleville, yes, first up on the 6th of March. An ex-Paul Perry three-year-old filly by Olympic Glory defeated Disco Lights and Crazy Suspect. And the winning margin and the time there of 56.85 suggested more in store for Old Town Road. Get in the groove, kicked off the program for David Rewall, trained and ridden over the stablemate, Nixie Boy, Stephen Galvin on board, and unsure for Raymond Fraser into third. And this is a nice mare by Mullazam. It was third up. Always liked the look of this particular mare, and it's now had two wins from three starts at the track. And the Thurrick Brothers Saddlery, the Class 4, that first race, by the way, was Barker's News Agency Class B. I nearly missed mentioning that, Tony. Slipping up. Um, You've got to give the sponsors credit. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's uh, come from uh, this account. Uh, the Thurrick Brothers Saddlery, Class 4 handicap, 1,200 metres. Oh, here's a horse I think we can really look forward to racing this campaign. He's called Jarhead. He was a Class 3 galloper when he came out here from the Gold Coast to Rodney Little, and he went straight into the Longreach Cup meeting in the Longreach Cup. And I thought he ran very well on that day, and he's acclimatised now, this warhead. He was first up since November, and it's only win four from 29 with 12 minors. But the way that he, uh, in this Class 4 over the 1,200, disposed of side trip, which moved up along the inside to, to threaten momentarily, and Zorro Macho holding on in the lead, but Jarhead really went away in the end, and Emma Bell... Uh, very convincing winning ride there for Rodney Little, and I think Rodney might be going to look forward to Jarhead with more results uh, throughout the uh, campaign. And it also kicked off the uh, the Longreach uh, tipping competition for members. Uh, they just pay up $100 to join a tipping competition. They put their tips in on the um, nine race meetings, local, and uh, Anderson Harris bookmakers donate a $50 betting voucher to the uh, winning uh, person on the day, who, in this case, Michael Lloyd is leading it. Uh, we'll pick that up the next meeting at Longreach. And... Um, Yours truly and Andrew Watts, we're going quite well. I think we've got Max Tanks behind us for once uh, in the tipping results, Tony, <laughs> so far, but it is only round one. Yeah, keep keep that uh, <laughs> keep him out there, out the back. That's where he deserves to be. He's got plenty in his pocket anyway after Argento Perlo won at Cloncurry. Well, and he's done a great job putting this together because our membership has jumped to about 66. So I think there's a good connection there that's uh, occurred and great to see these new innovative ideas that young people bring to the racetrack, Tony. Uh, well done to, uh, to all involved there. How's the, um, the Central West uh, Jockeys Premiership uh, staking up at the moment? Uh, Alicia Ross. Uh, now, you might have this uh, quicker than me. I'm not game to touch this phone when I've got it set up <laughs> talking through here. Um, but Alicia Ross has hit the lead in that, and I think Emma Bell might also be uh, up there. I think they sh are they sharing the lead? I haven't got the points in front of me. I think you're right. Um, I'm just trying to bring it up, yeah. But I think you're right. I think Paul it's a tie at the moment tie at the moment because Alicia got that double Emma jumped on board with a winner there and uh, Paul Randall as I said he'd been getting plenty of seconds and he's kicked home that winner and I think that's thrown him into pretty close to third place but they're pretty tight uh, I think 16 points down to about nine and you get three for the win two for a second one for a third and I know Paul's very keen to be coming back out supporting the Central West so the girls have got it at the moment but look out there's a few of the, the boys putting their hand up to suggest that they'll be a force to be reckoned with. Yes Alicia and Emma 16 points apiece ahead of Paul on 12 and then you go to David Rewald, Dakota Graham and Steve Galvin on 8 points, Brooke Richardson on 7 but as you say 3 for a win, 2 for a second, 1 for a third. Uh, it's easy to ride plenty of place getters and rack up plenty of points and uh, and run down the leaders and it's only very early stages at this stage for the Barker's News Agency News Power Office Choice of I got them all. Uh, Central West Jockeys Premiership.
at least you remembered to mention the sponsor. Oh, I'm just re- reading it off the uh, the sheet here. Rob, when I was checking through the calendar before, there was one meeting that I uh, forgot to mention. I'm kicking myself for it because it uh, was one of my favourites that I attended and I'd love to get back for a Streaky Bay Cup. And it's the uh, Streaky Bay Racing Club in action this coming Saturday for the Forex Gold and Streaky Bay Community Hotel Streaky Bay Cup meeting. 56 nominations for the six-race program I think is fantastic. And 11 have nominated for the Cup on Saturday, including Beach God, Bells and Bows, Charlton, Dance of Heroes, Fulton Street, Give Peace a Chance, Hardashian, It's Humphrey, Corridon, Onward and Relaxed. 11 have nominated there for the Cup, and that's got to be close to a capacity field. Yeah, they can run a capacity field of 12, plus four emergencies from that uh, 1,400 and 1,800-metre start. The... Uh, a couple of the others, uh, like the 1,000-metre start, they can only run 10 and four emergencies, but that's going to be fantastic to see almost capacity fields there for the program at Streaky Bay on the weekend. Yeah, and I can remember Bells and Bows, I'm pretty sure, came to Batuta and Baduri um, one year calling down there, so uh, still racing around consistently by the sound of it. Uh, be, be able to get those results uh, coming through on Bush Beat in coming weeks. Yeah, so we've got Cairns, Emerald, Esk, Monto, Winton and the Roma Picnics on the weekend in Queensland, Streaky Bay Racing in South Australia. And I mentioned that program at Monto on the weekend that features uh, the next leg of the uh, 2021 Racing Queensland Southeast Region Coast of the Country Point Series. That started off at Bundaberg in the middle of March. We've had uh, one leg so far where Champagne Spirit defeated uh, Marmion and Kiss and Win. Off to Monto this weekend. The week after Easter, it's at Gympie. The Burrandown picnic's coming up on the 8th of May and the 5th of June. The last leg will be at Gainda. They were always good, these uh, series, Tony. And before we uh, close up today, be remiss of us if we didn't mention the performances out of Mackay with Justin Stanley uh, getting those three winners. Mm. Uh, and, of course, uh, Trinity Bannon training a winner and then also riding a winner on uh, Chris Attard's Bondi bow. And I see Chris got a yearling at the sale, met him down there. But uh, Justin Stanley just doing a fantastic job uh, going around. And Clinton Taylor, of course, getting that... Uh, winner uh, there as well with Nailed at Nan, but mentioned Sir Burton for Trinity Bannon and Justin Stanley. This thing won the maiden by 8.3 lengths, one to follow out of that meeting. Look forward to uh, some great racing coming up this weekend and we will catch you again next week on Bushby. Yeah, and anyone would like to get in contact with me, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Looking forward to being back next week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, everyone. Good on you, Rob. Thank you for that. Rob Luck, uh, Andrew Watts and Tony McMahon with us on the show this week. Thank you all, gentlemen. And thank you to our friends at On The Bit Racing Australia who help us out each and every week getting our podcast replay out to the folks who missed the show. If you have missed any of Bushbeat each week, it is available for you at our Wooshka platform. You can just Google Wooshka Radio tab and you'll be able to find it there. The link goes out on our Twitter account, our handle is at Radio Tab Oz and also goes up at On The Bit on uh, on The Bit Racing Australia on their Facebook and website as well. We will catch you back next Tuesday on Radio Tab with our next edition of Bush Beat. Good racing this weekend.